the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, IndustryGreetings.com, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. I hope you're having a great day. I hope you're having a great Christmas season here. Uh, we're all getting together and enjoying things as the Dow is melting down and uh, our economy is flown into the side of a mountain by uh, FJB. So, you know, we all need to do things together and we need to support one another and we need to make sure that uh, we vote correctly the next time around. I'll just put it that way. Uh, joining me on this special, special, uh, all my shows are special. All my guests are special. My education was special. Um, joining me on this special show, I have Stan Goligoski and I have Grant Kazada. Now, Grant's been on the show a few times before. You might remember that. He's a ranger. He owns Founding Fathers. Stan is a new person here, and we'll get you an introduction to him real quickly. But the reason that we're on the show today is we all just came back from South Dakota up at Halverston Hunts. Um, Stan, why don't you go ahead and give us a little introduction about yourself? Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm a, uh, uh, raised in Prescott, Arizona, uh, boy, uh, then joined the service, uh, the army in, uh, 2000 and I'm sorry. And yeah, I guess that, well, we're 2000, but <laughs> 1992 and right out of high school enlisted and then, uh, and transitioned to the officer ranks, uh, served in a number of special units, and um, through my 21 mil uh, year military career and uh, retired and moved right back to Prescott. And I've been uh, in Prescott now uh, nine years. Uh, my wife, Janelle, and I, we've got three boys and uh, yeah, we're just raising them in the same community and hoping to have the same community experience that, that we enjoy growing up here. And, uh, and that's the way it's trending right now. Now, you've, you've decided to get involved in some local stuff, too, haven't you? I have. Yeah, I uh, recently was elected to the local uh, Prescott Unified School Board, um, and uh, it's a four-year seat. Um, I did work in, in the county uh, education department uh, right out of uh, out of the military, and that really got my foot in the door and kind of getting a, a good look on what was going on across the communities. And then then I uh, joined the private sector um, now a year ago, uh, the, the production manager out at um, uh, Millguard uh, MI Windows and Doors um, National uh, Chain and fortunate enough to land a, a great job there and then can also work and serve in the community under this capacity. And it's absolutely important that we have quality people on the school boards. We we see time and time again the issues that happen with our schools. So thank you for uh, thank you for serving again, uh, almost as as crazy a battlefield probably uh, <laughs> killing the teachers you're unions about and right. everything else. Yeah, seems like it. Yeah. Well, at least at least uh, when you're fighting Taliban, you know you know who the bad guys were. They had the little <laughs> thing on the head and AK-47. But uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and a and a crazy beard and. Uh, it smelled like goat, owed to goat. Yeah, that would Pretty be the much, ones. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Durka, Durka. Hey, uh, Grant, why don't you give a, a little recap for you for the people who uh, who haven't seen your other shows? Yeah, so I joined uh, the Army in 2006 uh, at the age of 23, spent eight years uh, on active duty, and then um, got out in 2014, and I've been serving in the Arizona National Guard since then. I uh, started a company called John Hancock Barbershop, and then after several years, um, partnered with a childhood buddy of mine who was an Air Force veteran, and uh, we own Founding Fathers Collective, which is 
now it's six companies under one roof. Um, and we opened that about two years ago. So really our goal with that was to kind of create a, a community hub that doubles down on the cultural values, um, ethics of what Prescott represents and why it attracts the people it does. And, and the goal really is how, how do you keep that and, and grow it in perpetuity for our kids and, and for the community, but not lose sight of our core values and principles. You know, we air in, uh, in Southern California also. So what exactly are the Prescott principles you, you feel are uh, important? Uh, I feel, uh, you know, a love of country, um, very civic minded, community focused. Um, I'd say there's a, a pretty healthy base of uh, individuals here that, that hold true to some semblance of faith and, uh, and, and just serviced within the community. And so we attract, you know, a decent broad group of individuals, but I think everybody moves here with the intention to be a part of the community. Um, and as we continue to grow, I, I think Stan and myself and several of our peers, the focus really is, you know, accepting in a, a healthy level of growth, but not losing sight of, of really what attracted people in the first place or, or, have kept them here or have brought them back. You can feel it. You know, we did the, the courthouse lighting at the beginning of December and they read Luke too. Now try doing that in California. You know, you can read the trans trans books to uh, children, but you couldn't read them Luke too. So it's an important thing that people have their heads screwed on here. The other thing that's, you know, you two are two perfect examples. Prescott has got so many ex-military special forces guys, you can't throw a rock without hitting one of them. So basically it's why you don't throw rocks in Prescott. So it's, That's true. it's, it's a very tight community. Uh, just, just amazing. I've been very blessed to be here and then been to become part of it here. But so anyway, the grant you decided years back or you got involved years back in a pheasant hunt. So how did that start? Yes. Yeah, so I got invited. Um, six years ago now from a, a friend of mine I grew up with who was an, also an Air Force veteran. He's a dentist now here in town. So his father had gone about 20 years ago with several of his uh, classmates from um, college and hadn't been back since. And they had four openings. So myself and my friend Aaron, his dad, Paul, and another gentleman, Dennis, all went. And uh, at the end of the trip, um, Paul had asked if I could uh, – get a bus full of guys to go this next year from Prescott. And so that was year two. We got 21 guys uh, and real quickly it grew to, I think the most we've had is 58. Uh, this year was 47. Um, but, but really, yeah, that's, that's the genesis of how it got started. So. So this is a group pheasant hunt, right? And so it's, well, Halverston hunts, I think was the company we went with, right? Right. Yep. And you want to say anything about them or their? Yeah, so Steve Halverson, uh, I think his father started the hunts back in 1981 or, or four or something like that. They've been doing it for quite a long time. Uh, I believe it's one of the, the largest, if not the largest uh, kind of pheasant hunts you can do in South Dakota. They have a five or 10,000 acre farm uh, and they, they lead everybody out in buses. So it's tw 20 guys per bus, 22 guys per bus. You literally are riding a school bus. <laughs> Yes. With and, shotguns. It's a whole new thing. If we yeah. did that in the inner city, things would be cleaned up. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And I remember listening to the first safety brief, and I'm sure you gentlemen can uh, attest to this, but as they were sketching out on the whiteboard, I, I kind of was looking at this thinking, I believe this is also called a Polish ambush. I don't know if this is safe. <laughs> yeah. The circular firing squad. <laughs> yeah. Turned out that we all lived and, and, you know, now it's year six and, other than getting shot with a few pellets every once in a while, we've lost. Well, not them. shot, but sometimes <laughs> they, they may rain down in your area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit different on that. Um, how long? How long have you been hunting? This was my first hunt. So, I grew up here in Prescott, um, single mom uh, for most of my formative years until my stepfather came along. Um, but I, I never really grew up hunting, so. This was a fun hunt to go go on, and especially as a first experience for hunting. Uh, I've been hunting since then a little bit for deer and elk, but um, this this hunt compared to those other hunts, you know, I, I love it. I think it's 
it's a great way to connect with other friends and men in the community and bring people together around a common cause that tends to be very enjoyable and um, extremely fun. And, and it's pretty much a carnival shoot as you guys can test. So, yeah, there, there was a lot of action. I think um, it's also something that really anybody can do. It's not like you're doing a sheep hunt or you have to haul out elk quarters from three miles off the canyon floor. Uh, it's a very doable hunt for really anybody. We had some guys who were ready for knee surgery and they were able to partake. So, you know, it all depends on the level of activity you want, but even, I would say even what they considered the most strenuous thing was really just walking down a field. So it was yeah. a couple hundred <laughs> yards max. What'd you say? A couple hundred yards max. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, if you've never hunted and you want something and a good way to start, uh, especially if you have good gun discipline, which is an important thing always, but even more so when you're in a, a group situation. So we're going to take a break here. Folks, this is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. We're going to talk more about this pheasant hunt, how you can get involved, how you can set them up yourself, and uh, just what it's like you know, to go out with a group of guys and, and have your, your first hunt and, and the country and the camaraderie and yes, and even pheasants. We'll be right back after this. Get our podcast at FiringLineRadio.com. It is a little colder and the days a little shorter, and that means Christmas is getting closer. Do you remember when you couldn't wait for Christmas? You made the list, you checked it at least twice. Dreaming of your first BB gun, shotgun, 22, or maybe a fishing rod and gear. Sizing up all the packages under the tree to see if they might contain your prize. Well, we all associate with that so much, it seems like the movie The Christmas Story is our story. Then when you finally did get the object of your desires, the memories you shared with family and friends in the field or the range, in the lake or the stream, well, they're now priceless. So why not start that all off over again with your family and friends? Start this year, make all new memories, because life is short, hunting and fishing seasons are shorter. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Turner's Outdoorsman, turners.com. It's definitely expensive to advertise for your business, but not advertising is more costly to your bottom line, especially in this current economic climate. While we all know that sending Christmas cards to family and friends is an American tradition, we forget to extend that tradition to our customers and business associates. So show your appreciation for customer loyalty and remind clients that you and your company are still ready for their business. But don't just send any card to take advantage of the marketing opportunity that you're looking for. Your cards need to stand out. IndustryGreetings.com specializes in industry-specific Christmas cards. Whether you're an accountant, contractor, realtor, welder, or anything in between, our creative and exclusive card designs are the perfect fit. So head over to IndustryGreetings.com and search by your industry. Or check out our patriotic or religious Christmas cards and order today. That's IndustryGreetings.com or call them at 800-431-9161. IndustryGreetings.com, 800-431-9161. I use them, so should you. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, welcome back to Boomstick Radio. And I got to tell you, in South Dakota, there were some boomsticks going off. We were up in uh, Halverston's Hunts in... Oakola or Oakoma or I'm in a coma, South Kennepec. Dakota. Yeah. And uh, what's the name of it, Grant? We stayed in Oakoma, but it's in Kennebec, South Dakota. Yeah, the hunts in Kennebec. That's right. We stayed in I'm I'm in a coma, South Dakota, and uh, right on the Missouri River, which was frozen. Which I'll tell you exactly how warm it was when we were out there. Um, first morning, right? The temperature gauge on the vehicles driving out there. Ours hit seven. Oh. But the good part, you talk about global warming, by the time we got out to Kennebec, it was 14. So we had a 100% increase in global temperature uh, just driving out there. It's a, Obviously, we need to cut down on our fossil fuels because you just can't have that going on. Um, so let's start with you or on this section. Stan, why don't you give us a little bit about your background as far as hunting is concerned? Yeah, I was the same way as Grant, you know, did very little hunting uh, growing up in Prescott. Um, you know, we 
and then I was stationed in Alaska, uh, did, did more hunting, um, just because that's what you do up there. And what, what uh, did you hunt in Alaska? Yeah, nothing big game. You know, I would go out, I never shot a moose, but I went on a couple of, uh, moose hunts with some guys. Um, you know, fished a lot. Uh, we, we would shoot grouse. So, you know, more kind of what, um, or ptarmigan is what they call it up there. Different type of bird, but it's like a grouse. And, um, yeah, that was basically it. I just, you know, when you're out and I think maybe where Grant comes from is, you know, <laughs> you know, especially when you're in the service for one, the time to do it and the time away from family is kind of tough, you know, and, and so when you're young, maybe we just don't, I didn't personally focus on it. And, you know, that was by choice. So it's well, nice. It, depends, it does depend upon your family. I, I probably would have gone hunting. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Leave was hard to come by a lot, you know, service for sure. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Alaska is an amazing place. I think I, I was blessed last year to be able to go on an Alaska trip. And all I can say is that, the vastness of that country, it stays with you. You know, it is so remote, so big. Uh, we're on a mountain look, looking into these other valleys, and you know, nobody's ever been there because it is physically impossible unless you're flown in uh, on a helicopter into those back glaciers. You physically, you couldn't carry enough food, you couldn't carry enough safety gear. You wouldn't live long enough to get through all those miles and miles of crevasses in these glaciers just to get to the back country. And you yeah. certainly couldn't travel over the mountains because they're all slicked and iced. And, and it was just amazing. And, and the one thing I learned in Alaska is that nobody cares and nobody is coming for you. <laughs> yeah. If you we die there, out there, you bet there's no backstop to where the next road is or wherever no. you're, there's no real and there's not any major terrain features in some places that, you know, someone can find you, you know, if yeah, zero. And, you know, you're just going to end up uh, decomposed uh, grizzly poop at the end <laughs> of the day. So you certainly don't want to fall because that's where you're going to end up there. It's just a huge, huge country. It's so hard to, to explain until you've actually seen it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, did you get the same feeling up there? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, what you have Anchorage that has, you know, a couple hundred thousand people and the next largest town is Fairbanks and that's smaller than the size of Prescott, you know, so, you know, that's, that's the population that lives up there, but, you know, the size of Alaska takes up, you know, a third of the size of the United States. So I mean, it's very vast, like you said. Yeah, it is huge. It is huge. Anyway, okay, so let's get into what we did here. Uh, Grant, you decided to organize a pheasant hunt. So how did that, you, you said you went, then you, they asked you to get a, a bus full. So what, what goes on with that? Yeah, so uh, we all stay at the Arrowwood Cedar Shore Resort in Oakoma. And then uh, every night we do dinner as a group of men uh, and friends. And then uh, we wake up around 9 head out to hunt around nine fifteen, nine thirty. It's hunt. a gentleman's hunt. We're not talking about first light uh, or pre-light hiking out into there. It's, yeah. you, I think in, isn't it in South Dakota, you can't hunt birds before 10 a.m.? Yeah, I believe so. So it, it, it definitely makes for a very comfortable uh, hunt and experience and a lot more of a relaxing time with your buddies. And so we, you know, you hunt at 10 and you're usually done by one or two and you just head back to the resort and hang out and um, sit in the sauna or the jacuzzi or the pool or watch sports. So, I mean, it's, it's a good. Those are indoor folks. It was, it was, I think we had a high of 14 or something. So yeah, yeah the, those are indoor pools. Yep. It's, it's a good reprieve from, um, I guess, the, the business of life. So that was kind of the catalyst for, trying to attract as, as many friends and, and other, uh, you know, men within the community that I, I feel would get value from, uh, you know, a, a hard year of work and then being able to relax for about four days and, and just slow down. So. Yeah, very good. Okay. So head out in the morning, it's nine fifteen. you got your mug of coffee, you're driving out there to Kennebec, making a left, heading down the dirt roads. Um, what was Halverson's like? the facilities. Yeah. Stan, go for it. What'd you think? Yeah. I mean, it's, 
I mean, you are on a farm. I mean, this is a, um, a farm ranch, if you will, because yeah, I think uh, Steve had a, you know, close to 200 head of cattle on his land. And, uh, and you know, it's very apparent. I mean, their, their home is right there. They have a separate barn just for the hunt, you know, for us. It's so well run, but you, you get the real feeling that, hey, this is a family, true family business. And the guys that they bring in uh, to help out are, you know, guys that are very seasoned, but, you know, we have a retired school teacher uh, that was uh, out there helping, you know, the guys, the kids that, that clean the birds on Sunday, um, you know, I mean, they're high school kids. You know, this is this is a lifestyle. You know, it's a very roots, uh, deep roots lifestyle. And so when you walk into this shed, you have this immediate respect that, you know, this is this is their livelihood. Um, they're going to treat you right. I will tell you that Steve himself makes you feel like nobody is an idiot. You know, I mean, if it's your first time or not. Um, they they obviously know what they're doing, but they're very welcoming. I mean, they have, I mean, you could buy a hat, you could buy a sweatshirt, you could buy your shotgun shells there. They make it. I think, I think one of the guys got a, um, Havelston hunts, uh, tramp stamp, but that's just a rumor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You feel like you're part of a family, you know, and you want to support them. You want to help them. You know, we come in for lunch, you know, the lady Mary that, you know, Mary is her name. She serves us and, you know, she's like, she's like your mom. You want, you want, and you want to treat her with respect. That so. is, that is her crock pot. Yeah. It's her, right. her fiefdom. That's what she does. Isn't that crazy? So, so yeah, the initial react, you know, thought is you feel comfortable, you know, and probably the best way to put it. Yeah, it, it was good. And so <clears throat> hop in these, literally hop in a school bus, you know, everybody's got the guns unloaded, your safety checks, your briefings. Hop in a school bus, five, 10 minutes down the road. They, they start dropping people off alongside of the fields. Um, what was your first impression on that, Stan? Yeah, you know, like anything, you, you hope that your lingo, the lingo, you know, you're going to pick up on it quickly, right? Because like duck. Get yeah, right. Not, yeah. We're not duck hunting. Duck is a whole different meaning out there. Right. You uh, bet. <laughs> well, when he describes, hey, I'm going to drop people off. We all do the north south. Like, yeah, we know exactly what you're talking about. You know, we're going to get in the back of the pickup truck. But you get once you do one field, you're you kind of you get into the routine. Um, you know, so they've been doing it a long time. Again, you're not they they don't brush over anything. You know, they whatever they they've. They've just perfected, you know, just just the conversation, what needs to be put out for information that, you know, and uh, so that you can also enjoy yourself, you know, because and, and, and really get feel like that camaraderie can really sink in. Um, so first impression is, hey, just tell me where to go. And and I will your eyes are wide open because you you want to make sure everybody is safe. You know, because that's, you know, we know we're carrying weapons and or you know, shotguns and and there's terrain and there's dogs and there's a lot of moving parts for one. Exactly. OK, so we're going to pick it up with you about the shooting uh, when we come back here, Grant. So this is Halverston Hunts out in Kennebec, South Dakota. Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Get our podcast at FiringLineRadio.com. Uh, you see some YouTube channel stuff. We got that going on, too. But uh, anyway. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. We'll be right back after this. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. 
CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. New company, same Ed Hoffman. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me at 951-252-2027. That's 951-252-2027. One last time, day or night, area code 951-252-2027. Or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. Hey, folks! Welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman here. I'm here with Grant Kizada and Stan Goliaski, a couple of guys, well, a couple of guys, a couple of men that uh, we're able to do a pheasant hunt with in addition to 44 other men who went on this particular hunt. So a uh, full boat, full time, uh, great group. And we're just talking about actually the different types of, of shooting that were out there. And we're going to get into what the pheasant hunt was like in a second here. Hey, Grant, they, they had planted fields, what they called uh, food crop fields or food strips, right? What was the crop that they had in those? There's sorghum, so it's like um, a different type of sugar. Uh, but, yeah, that's all the fields that we were hunting. It was sorghum fields. It's a weird-looking thing. It almost looks like a stunted ear of corn yep. with, uh, I don't know, like a giant buckwheat on top of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so how big were the fields? Anywhere from, like, you know, three to uh, maybe six football fields in length. and half a football field to a football field wide. Do you think any of them were a hundred yards wide? They seem more like 40 yards wide. I don't know. I think, I think one of them, I, there's, there's a few that are that big pretty wide. Yeah. It just depends on what field you're at. Yeah. I, I didn't think, I don't think I said any, they were that, that wide, but so um, you're in the pickup truck or the, the bus and they start dropping people off. So what does that look like? Uh, you just line it up like a football field. So the 10, the 20, the 30 yard line, all the way down one guy on each side. And then you have two gentlemen that are walkers at one end and they just kind of push through the whole field uh, with a farmer or two and a couple canines. And then uh, everybody just kind of slinking yeah. down. The, for, for those that are non-military, those are called dogs. Those are our hunting dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and those dogs are amazing, you know, just watching them work. They love it. They just run around and, catch the yeah, bird they, and they used labs up there and i don't know if that was really because of the temperature um you know most upland game you'll find something like a german short hair or a spaniel or a pointer but these they were using uh they were using labs and uh, they were they're more of a flushing dog so the difference is a pointer would run up stop on the bird and then they would come up and kick it the flushers are just kind of running around and uh, sometimes they got a little too close to the birds they kind of grabbed them they robbed us of our joy. <laughs> Next year, those bird dogs go on the guide's account, not ours. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so most of the, uh, I think everybody out there, except for three or four guys, had twenty gauge or twelve gauges, right? Yeah. yeah, I think you were the only one shooting at twenty. I think there were two other guys. There were okay, two other guys that I did see, but um, most people had twelve gauges, uh, and because it's a private private kind of a planted 
bird hunt in some situations. A lot of the the firearm restrictions don't re, aren't re, aren't enforced there, right? Yeah. So no no magazine capacity um, limit. I know I shoot a semi-auto Super X3 with an 11 round tube and one in the chamber with a red dot on it. So I'm just there to slay birds. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> so here's an interesting thing I saw. Um, <clears throat> a lot of guys are using red dots, but maybe they hadn't shot with them for a time. But one of the things that I noticed for most of the guys who had a red dot on their shotgun was it really screwed up their cheek weld right? Unless you have a riser on the gun, because the red, the, the shotgun, if you have a typical 1100 see, you know, your, um, the gun stock, the drop at the comb and the drop at the heel are set up so that your cheek is right on top of that stock while you're looking down the barrel. So you've got proper eye formation, right? I mean, Grant, you've got all kinds of background in shooting, you know, you could probably explain it better than I did, but if you throw a, a aim point or a red dot on top that's two inches above the barrel line and now you've got to lift your head up you know did you see guys having an issue with that i didn't i think where most of it lied was not necessarily the uh, cheek to stock placement but more of the acquisition of the red dot itself and and guys that had thrown it on maybe uh, a week prior and, and didn't go out and either train with it or or um you know, aren't too familiar with something like that on an actual shotgun. Uh, but I'd say by day two, everybody who had one on, you know, they, they picked up pretty quick. So. Yeah. And the other thing would be your mount would be different because you'd have to have the gun lower. Uh, anyway, there's lots, yeah. of, lots of moving parts on that. Yep. Okay. Um, and most of the guys had 12 gauge uh, Stan, what were you shooting? Yeah, I had a, a 12 gauge Benelli. Yeah, it was semi auto. It's great. Which one? I love Benelli's. Grant, what did I have? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it wasn't a Benelli, it was a Beretta. I thought it was a Benelli, but it was a Beretta. Uh, um, I don't know, man. It was a beautiful gun. So. Yeah. yeah, I borrowed it from Grant, but it was actually Corey Birds. And, uh, and so I got to try or drive it for a while and now I'll, I've already looked into what I'm going to get next. <laughs> exactly. I think a lot of guys are, were, they went out there and now they got a dream list for Christmas here. I did for sure. Um, yeah, we saw that too. Uh, there was a lot of, a lot of guys who were out there for the first time and had an, had a pump or something like that. And they're like, you know what? I like this. This is fun. So we just caused gun sales to go up by 46 oh, uh, shotguns in the uh, Prescott area. And head on over to Tombstone Tactical or over to Turner's if you're in California, guys. Uh, they'll set you up for that. Um, but no, semi-automatic is, is really awesome for this. Uh, typically on a hunting rifle, you'll have three, two in the magazine, one in the chamber. And that way they're going to, that is in compliance with most, I should say that the word most, that's my get out of jail free card. Most game and fish laws everywhere would allow three to, if you have a semi-auto or a pump, two in the magazine, one in the chamber. Uh, over-unders obviously just running two, but um, you can run into issues if you have a, like a race gun, like what Grant had. If you have a race gun and you're out shooting on public land, you could run into an issue. So you really have to watch out for your local game laws. You don't what you can do in some places, you can't do in all of them. So just be very wary about that. Anyway, so had a good time with that. The birds themselves, I thought, were pretty amazing. Just had icicles fall off the roof there. Sorry. Um, wasn't a bomb. <clears throat> um, the birds themselves, I thought, were pretty amazing. They are definitely a lot tougher than the birds I've hunted elsewhere. And so after the first two I hit, I thought, I, I thought, oh, geez, you know, there's an issue here because um, they have to have so many more denser feathers uh, to survive in 14 and 7 degree weather than the birds out in other areas. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, that's why I kind of recommend most guys shoot 12 gauges. Obviously, a well-placed shot, you'll do just fine, just like you did, Philip. So. And, and the birds were beautiful. 
um, a lot of times on a on a planted bird hunt, you know, they've been in the pen forever. They've pecked each other's tails off, but there were a lot of very, very pretty, fully mature birds. And it's, it wasn't like they went out in the field the day before and planted the birds. They let them go and they, they find their own homes and different feedlots all over the place. I mean, that was my understanding. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they can go anywhere they want. So it's not like a penned or a canned hunt, uh, but they do like to hide out in the, in the feedlots. And that's pretty cool. Lots of, and I think the majority we saw were roosters by a long shot. Oh, yeah. Stan, what was your favorite shot? Well, I'll tell you, probably my my first one that I got the lead, you know, I mean, I took three shots total, but, you know, I took the first two shots and then moved the sight as it was flying away and let it enough to hit it, you know. So that's, I mean, that caught me right away. Um you know, I just, you know, all of them were sweet, to, to tell you the truth. The ones that got away, not so much, you know, <laughs> and it typically happened when on the windier day and those birds can take off and you don't lead them enough, you know. So, yeah. so, so the smart birds, obviously, were hunting on both sides of a field, so... Yeah you need to be very wary of where your, your gun is pointing. And maybe Grant, will talk about this at the very end there, but the smartest birds would get up, stay low, fly down the length of the field, get their speed up and then bank into the wind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those seem to be the guys who've done this before, right? <laughs> so sure. by the time they get into a shooting area, they're doing 45 miles an hour and uh, nobody can figure out the lead on that. What was your favorite shot, Phil? Um, I saw, I saw quite a few pretty remarkable shots out there. Um, but Hey, we're running on the end of this break here. So we'll, we'll take a break folks. Philip Naiman firing line radio show. Check out our podcast at firinglineradio.com. Visit our sponsors. These are the ones to pay for everything. And that's an amazing thing. Founding fathers is a sponsor there. So go and get a coffee in the morning and stop by and speak easy at night. Spend your time over there. Lots of great sponsors, lots of great discounts on our page. So go to firinglineradio.com. Look for the advertisers, support them because they support you in the second amendment. We'll be right back after this. Hi folks, Philip Naiman from firing line radio show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. It is a little colder and the days a little shorter. And that means Christmas is getting closer. Do you remember when you couldn't wait for Christmas? You made the list. You checked it at least twice. Dreaming of your first BB gun, shotgun, 22 or maybe a fishing rod and gear sizing up all the packages under the tree to see if they might contain your prize well we all associate with that so much it seems like the movie the christmas story is our story then when you finally did get the object of your desires the memories you shared with family and friends in the field or the range in the lake or the stream well they're now priceless so why not start that all off over again with your family and friends Start this year, make all new memories, because life is short, hunting and fishing seasons are shorter. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Turner's Outdoorsman, turners.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Yes! Great hunter. Yes? Fine figure of a man, yes? Yes? Yes. That is all you need to know for now. You know, that's the daily affirmation my wife gives me. 
So I don't know about you guys, but that's what I hear every morning when I wake up. Nice. What a good wife. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we have to cut that out for the, for the pure lie that that one was. Folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Hope you're having a great day. Merry Christmas. We're going to have a fantastic Christmas this year in spite of the White House and California's politics and even the stolen election in Arizona. Um, we're, we're moving on from that. We're talking about our pheasant hunt. It was an amazing time. Halverston hunts in Kennebec, South Dakota. Uh, went with a group from Founding Fathers. Grant uh, sent out some invitations. And uh, the question was posed to me at the last section, what, is my, what was my favorite shot? My favorite shot is the one that didn't happen. A bird got up um, from the walkers, the length of the field, maybe 100 yards to our left. It flew low. I think it might have been hit, but it flew low. And then as it gathered speed, it turned left and took out one of the shooters. It actually attacked uh, Paul. And <laughs> the bird flew right in. And I thought, you know, if I was going to go, that's the way I'd want to go. If I was a bird, it's like, you know, this isn't cutting it for me. I'm going to take out the shooter. And uh, that was the best shot that, uh, that I saw. It was on the bird's end. So that was a pretty funny time. Um, but that was, was that the one happened Paul right across the field from the me. Sorry? Was that the one Paul smacked out of the air with the... Yeah, it was uh, like literally he was across the field from me. And I think they smacked each other. It was mutual combat. <laughs> it wasn't like a tennis racket it was mutual combat where the bird was like i am you're mine i'm taking you down with me that's great yeah it was, that was the, a pretty good time the best shot of the trip was from uh jesse business partner yeah jesse i mean this this bird must have flown i mean three football fields away everybody shot at it and we stopped and then all of a sudden we hear this single shot, not two, three seconds later, and the shot came from across the field, not even on the side of the other bird, and that bird went down. I mean, it was like, it all gave us confidence that we could shoot further away, you know. But that was that was the best shot. Yeah, yeah that, that wasn't on my field. I, I did miss that one, but I heard about it. That sounds so, awesome. Legendary. So the the birds themselves, did you notice that there was two, I don't know if it, two color phases, I don't know if one was more mature than the other, but there were some that were more tan and then others that were a dark purple on their, on their chest material. Did you see that? I don't know if I noticed that. Uh. Yeah. The, the folks, these birds were actually very beautiful. If you wanted to go and do a hunt up there and get something to mount piece of cake, you know, um, absolutely beautiful birds. And, uh, good stuff uh the other part of this that makes it a very special trip and i think you know somebody says wow you're going with 46 guys that's a little overbearing but the other part of that is everybody you know mingles right you're not with the same three guys for four days and um you meet new people you know or network but you you meet new people um it, conversations were fresh. Everybody was great. You know, we had so many different people's different walks of life that were there. Uh, and then in the evening, you know, Grant, you'd arranged for Al to, uh, to do some talks. Why don't you tell somebody about that or tell us about that? Yeah. So, um, I think the, the coolest thing about the pheasant hunt is there's really no agenda other than trying to collect a lot of good men into one room and then let, uh, the conversations and dialogue happen organically. And shenanigans. Yeah, and the shenanigans. But but I think through that medium, you, you have a lot more of an authentic relationship when you either know someone or you're getting to know someone and you're not necessarily bound by um, maybe the titles that some individuals have within the group. You know, everybody's just on a first name basis and you get to know somebody for really who they are and, and all that kind of dissipates into the periphery. And so you, you just get... I feel in that four days, you get a, a phenomenal introduction into um, a lot of who these these men are and, and, and really at their core, what they're about, um, which, which I think is very healthy in, in the in the context that most of us live our lives and are to some level defined by what we do. And so that's how we're engaging everybody in our day to day life. But when we're able to step outside and go to a place like, um, you know, a, a hunt per se like this, it uh, really just all the barriers are kind of let down. Everybody just has a great time. So in, in regards to Al, he got up and spoke uh, a little bit his first night about um, 
the rational male by Rollo Tomasi. And so uh, just some feedback on that and, and uh, you know, how to lead if you're a man and you're in your family or, or your relationship with your wife or spouse. So it was, it was a great time. And I think the people you assemble, one of the things I thought was amazing was it wasn't like ego driven, yep. you know, like so the people weren't there on agenda. Um, you didn't know what I didn't know what everybody did. And it was kind of exciting to find out. It's like, wow, you know, there was, there was quite a few movers and shakers in the group, but they weren't like, look at me, you know, um, very humble, very accomplished. So confident in their own accomplishments. They don't have to go out there and, Oh, I got one of those. I did this. I did that. You know, I, I saw zero one up and chip. So I thought that that was really an amazing group that just worked together. Nobody cared, you know, so what? You're the best cornhole champion, big deal, whatever. Uh, I, I lost, so I'm not, I'm still bitter about that. But. <laughs> yeah, Stan, um, what do you think for your first time? You know, it, just like what you guys have been covering, but, you know, nobody was sizing each other up. There was, you know, this is a release from some professional you know, a ton of professional guys that, you know, their heart is driven by their community, how to make this world a better place, how to raise their families, you know, in that regard. Um, you know, there, we talked about some deep stuff. I mean, there were some people there that, that uh, you know, we're talking full spectrum of success. And, uh, and you know, those, you know, we had some young guys that, that are just on the, on the fringe of, of a successful life. And they want to know how do they get there? And, and it really was just more of an emulation. Like this is this, I can see now that I, all this stuff that I may be breaking my back to do, it's about coming down to be, you know, your true core values, um, how you present yourself, um, how you make others feel. And I mean, to assemble a, you know, group, you know, just under 50 guys like that. And what a tremendous deal, you know, and, and it's very apparent that when you walk in there, that that is the atmosphere. Um, all of us were just looking forward to, yeah, the, the vehicle to this fellowship was the hunt, but I'll tell you what, the day was not close to being done after we were done hunting. It was just that evening time, I mean, that's what we're thinking about. We laughed a lot on the fields. We root each other on on the fields. I mean, we're generally happy, you know, for, you know, to accomplish getting the number of birds that we needed to get for the day. And you really just, you know, you're there to pat each other on the back. And we don't, we don't get enough of that in our lives, just this constant, this concentrated deal that, you know, this camaraderie, this fellowship, is is really what it's all about i mean when grant sent out the the dates for next year um i i literally looked on the airlines for when i could book my travel and i could only they were only available two weeks into november so i gotta wait a few weeks but but i'm there you know it's guys are already talking about you know a year is gonna be a long time before we get back together so pretty tremendous deal a couple thoughts on that. Uh, number one, a lot of us had travel plans screwed up with the, when the storm came in, right? So the storm came in and it was a big scramble getting out of South Dakota as it iced up. Um, and so we had three trucks or three cars that eventually we were able to get and head, head south with. But everybody worked together. You know, it was, it was a lot of adversity when you find out an hour before your flight that everything's canceled and now you're scrambling to see what's going on, but it wasn't, nobody fell apart, you know, and hopping in a car for 24 hours, nobody fell apart. Just, we all dealt with it. Just no big deal. You know, we're just uh, every minute we're a little closer to getting off this thing. So that was a telling, that was telling to me that everybody kept their mud. Um, not everybody does in all situations, but, people I was with, you know, we're still able to joke and laugh and uh, all that other stuff. 
Second thing is I want to bring up in February, if people are interested, we're going to try and get a, uh, a driven pheasant hunt. This will be in California, 25 birds. But if you've ever seen the English shoots where you're behind a blind and the birds come to you, it's a whole new thing, right? Uh, fast shooting, the birds are moving and uh, fast and overhead and crossing, not so much crossing, but sides and it'd be a great time. So get a hold of us on firinglineradio.com. You can get my messages there or on our Instagram page um, or email me at firinglineradioprotonmail.com. If you're interested, uh, we'll be taking the cream of the crop to apply and uh, going to have a great time with that. So guys, anything else you want to say last minutes? No, thanks for having me. It was great. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys. Uh, Trust me after years of trying to coax you to, to get over there, Stan. So thanks. And Philip, thanks, man. So oh, I, I love the opportunity. It was amazing. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. God bless you and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, IndustryGreetings.com, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. I'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor to the show, Sean Gibbs of Ask Defensive Training Company. They're in Redlands, California. They also sell guns and ammo. But the most important thing that they have for you here today is their training courses. Ask, kind of an interesting name. Why would you call it that for guns and ammo? Well, Ask stands for Attitude, Skills, and Knowledge. And that's what they focus on at Ask Defensive Training. Sean has basic courses for a first-time gun buyer. If you're not familiar with your firearm, you want to be able to use it safely, perfect place for that. He has also additional courses for defensive handgun, advanced handgun, and even learning how to shoot a firearm in low light situations. Bring your mag light. So folks, check them out at askdefensive.com, A-S-K defensive.com for a schedule of classes. He's got a great store in there too. So buy what you want, train what you want, askdefensive.com. Traditional investment strategies may not be as reliable as you think. Hi, folks. This is Philip Naiman, host of AM590's Firing Line Radio Show, heard Saturdays at 1 o'clock, and the founder of Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Our world is changing dramatically, and your investment strategy should be changing too. Now's the time to get a second opinion. Our mission at Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management is to help you on the path to pursue your financial goals while addressing risk. Our approach to financial planning is based on the biblical principles of stewardship. We'll guide you every step of the way, removing the mystery of retirement planning. So call us today for a free consultation at 909-406-1144. That's 909-406-1144 or online at cornerstonecwm.com. Our second opinion service will test your current strategy against market risks to identify any weak points. So don't wait. Call today, 909-406-1144. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.